20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. everyone uh this is dusty evely i am flying solo here for this edition of pack to the future uh my uh, regular cohort uh, andy herman who started this whole thing uh is out actually uh, heading to packers camp right now as we speak i believe so he's unable to join me for today so i'm just gonna be flying solo for these 20 minutes i hope you do not get sick of me uh, so there was, uh, I'm recording this on Sunday, there was actually no camp today, uh, so there's not really any new news um, since Saturday, but uh, you know, uh, we're, we're gonna, we got a few things to talk about anyway, um, uh, Matt and Zach did a great job yesterday uh, covering uh, covering some of the happenings, but there's a couple they didn't touch on, uh, there's a couple fairly big ones, and, and both of the ones that I'm kind of concerned on, uh, or three of them I guess, are, are all on defense, on the defensive side of the ball, which is not really shocking, I guess. Uh, the offense, I mean, offense has new pieces, uh, you know, rookie receivers and all that, and that's very, very exciting. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers is back, which is, which is the most exciting news anyone has ever had ever in the history of the world. But uh, it's with Capers finally being gone after, um, so according to my notes, 30 years. Yes, 30 years in Green Bay as a defensive coordinator, never trying anything new. Uh, with with Pettin in, it, it's just there's, there's a different feeling around this defense. And, of course, um, I was going to say they're focused on – the uh the defense on the on the in the draft but they've kind of done that under capers as well they always seem to prioritize defense uh, just hoping that they would they would find something to kind of help it uh take that next step up so uh, you know we got some new pieces on the defense as well and i'm actually actually kind of want to start with with an old piece uh say an old piece he was drafted a year ago uh kevin king i know one of the reports i saw out of training camp was uh he had a really really nice showing opposite uh Devontae adams in one-on-ones which if you would have told me this two years ago, I would have said, well, it doesn't matter. Devontae Adams is terrible. Uh, he can't catch a ball. Uh, but after his breakout last year, uh, it's, it's a different story. Um, you know, uh, uh, one-on-ones, you have no safety help. It's you versus the man out in front of you. And uh, Adams, as we all know, is going into this season as the absolute, undoubted number one wide receiver. He's, he made uh, made people look foolish last year with his uh, with his footwork tremendous tremendous get off off the line um just great moves violent feet and uh king went up against him i believe it was three times and uh didn't allow a catch like played him uh by all accounts played him extremely well uh faced up on him got the you know turned i think knocked the ball away which it was just very uh, it's fairly rare in these drills so to, to see that from the second year guy um, against the number one uh, wide receiver going into the year is, is really, really promising. I know um, it doesn't really I, – I, I really like Kevin King uh, last year. I, I thought what he showed was good. I thought, you know, he made some mistakes. He wasn't perfect, obviously. I know the Cincinnati game in particular, um, A.J. Green kind of handed him his lunch a little bit. But uh, more often than not, I really liked him. I like his athleticism. I like his length. Uh, I like his speed. Uh, there's not many guys that can run down Julio Jones on a drag route and knock a ball away. But King did that last year, uh, which was very, very exciting. Uh, but I know he didn't grade out well. Uh, it doesn't matter where you look. If you looked at uh, you know Pro Football Focus or Football Outsiders, or even if you asked your very opinionated uncle who thinks that shoulders should stay in their sockets at all time, thank you very much. And so Kevin King was terrible. Like it doesn't matter which rating system you looked at. Kevin King did not grade out particularly well uh, for the year. But but as far as just how he looked, I was really excited about how he looked. So 
uh, seeing this going in, uh, going into camp, go, going up against Adams, uh, I, I think is is great, great news. I mean, the, you know, the, the focus is on um, Alexander and Jackson, the the rookies coming into this class. But uh, I, I think if there's a guy who could really this year seize that number one corner job, uh, I mean, I'm going with Kevin King right now. I just think what he showed and having, you know, being in the second year in the league, and I just think if he stays healthy. Uh, I mean, if, like your uncle said, if, if his shoulder can stay in his socket, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's got a good chance to be the number one. So that's a, a very promising showing, I thought, uh, what the, the reports out of camp what he did against uh, Devontae Adams. Um, one of the other ones that um, I actually didn't pay too much attention to uh, was Quentin Rollins. Uh, um, it's it's a little embarrassing, I think, if you go and listen to uh, the Pack to the Future podcast that we did uh, kind of leading into last season that we were just talking about the the just the embarrassment of riches we had at cornerback like oh man we got Demarius Randall and we got Quentin Rollins we got these two young guys they're gonna be there for a while they're gonna be good we are set we're set at cornerback like ah, man that that looks really dumb now like 12 months maybe not even 12 months later uh, you know Randall was shipped out of town and Randall had a good year last year I thought especially uh, second half of the year um, but uh Rollins did not and then uh then he got injured uh so it's kind of one of those is he gonna make the team uh was he gonna be back uh kind of what was in store for this guy especially with the uh with the draft that we just had well uh they're using him a lot as uh as the dime uh dime linebacker kind of what we saw out of Morgan Burnett last year which is which is very very exciting I mean it's not gonna be the same exact thing obviously going from uh capers to Petten it's not the same exact system they're not gonna do the same exact stuff but uh, I, I think Rollins, I think, could be very well suited for that role. He did seem out of place a little bit at cornerback. Um, I, we were uh, the talk was kind of a transition to safety, possibly. But uh, there's a, there's a ton of talent. There's a ton of guys there between you know obviously Clinton Clinton Dix and Bryce and uh, Jones is, is kind of the three guys. And and not to say you can't have a fourth guy and rotate them, but um, you know it's kind of where does Rollins fit into all of this between the young guys and the and the glut of talent at safety? You don't know so. Uh, kind of that dime uh, dime hybrid linebacker, it'd be awesome. I, I know uh, McCarthy McCarthy was singing his praises uh, a day or two ago, uh, just seeing you know you can see his flexibility, you can see his ability to play several different positions. Um, so far through camp, he's had exactly zero snaps at outside corner, none whatsoever, which is not really shocking when you think about it. Again, with the with the guys you have out there with uh, with King and Williams and the two rookies, but. Uh, still, to not to not see a single snap out there through a few days of camp is kind of uh, kind of crazy to me for a guy like Rollins. Um, so pretty much all of his snaps have come at the hybrid safety safety linebacker position, which uh, I'm, it, it kind of exciting. Uh, it's a guy you know you would have. I think I would have been hard pressed to hear anything about Quentin Rollins at this point in the season and be like, oh man, this this really gets me hyped, uh, especially with the with the draft that that we just had, but. Um, I don't know this this kind of gets me hyped a little bit. It, it's got him, uh, it's got him thinking, got some moving, some pieces around. I know some people don't really love the the hybrid linebacker safety position. You want guys who are kind of kind of sit in their spots, right? Like they 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 know what they're going to do and they do it well. But I think in today's NFL, uh, say today's NFL, I mean it's been going on for a very very long time, uh, where you have. Uh, you you have these offenses that adapt so well and have all these kind of hybrid uh, offensive positions, really that that you can run a package out there, and you're not sure whether it's run or pass, and it, what the defense kind of lines up or who they bring out kind of dictates that. You kind of need to have uh, you know one or two guys that could kind of fill that that hybrid role and, and kind of be that 
jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, and I don't think Rollins is going to be uh, incredible. I don't think he's going to blow anybody away. But if he can be solid in that kind of hybrid role, if he can, you know, cover a, cover a tight end or which <laughs> something Capers did not know was allowed, I don't think actually. Um, and, and also cover a uh, cover a running back, and also maybe shoot a gap and 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 do something in the backfield, or you know, make a tackle again in the run game or something. I think I think he can make an impact there, so I'm I'm really really excited about that. And the last topic I really want to bring up again, this stays on the defensive side of the ball. This is uh, this is something I didn't see coming. I don't think anyone saw coming. Um, it's just something that has uh, shaken up uh, the Packers world in general. Uh, no one knows what's going on. You know, up is down, left is right. Uh, dogs and cats living together. It's just, it's mass hysteria, and that is, guys. Fackrell beat David Bakhtiari on a one-on-one drill. Now, I know. I know. You're shocked. You have no idea what's going on. I'm going to give you a second to collect yourself here. Uh, it's, it's a little crazy. It is a little crazy. And just a, a little more context over just how, kind of how crazy this is. Again, so Bakhtiari is, is well-regarded as one of the best, if not the best, uh, left tackle in the league. Uh, Kyler Fackrell coming into his third year again. It's it's he's coming into his third year, and only he's coming into his third year. He's coming into his third year. He's going to turn twenty seven this year. Like he was an old rookie, and he's coming into this. It's kind of one of those like, well, maybe he's got some veteran wiles. No, he has nothing. He doesn't have any wiles. Uh, it's fine. Um, it's, so this is his third camp he's in. Up until this point in one on one battles, he was one for thirty. So he's now two for thirty one. So that's, that's that's a success rate. Of about six and a half percent, that's awful for a guy who's trying to make his living as kind of like a you know an edge rusher or whatever he's trying to be or whatever he has been. Uh, it, it's it's not good. So to see this was kind of a my initial reaction was well, what's wrong with David Bakhtiari, and then my other reaction was I've not seen a video of this anywhere, so it probably didn't happen. There's 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 Kyler Fackrell truthers out there, and frankly I don't understand them, but they're out there. Um, and so I, I tried to track down the video. So I put some feelers out. Someone sent me, it was actually up on Packers.com. Uh, it's kind of a very zoomed in. You can actually see it. I made a, made a gif of it and posted it the other day. Um, it's a decent move. Uh, he sets, uh, a, it, sorry, he sets uh, Bakhtiari up kind of wide, like Fackrell sets him up like a speed rush. That's a nice little, like a uh, nice little speed move back inside, just a really quick change of direction and, and straight line to the quarterback. It's, um, like not an amazing move. It's not anything that's that's going to you know light the world on fire or like oh my goodness this guy suddenly has moves. Like that's a move I've seen him do before. It's still a decent move. It, it didn't really show me anything uh, like a new bag of tricks or anything. I know he put on weight. I know McCarthy's saying like he kind of loves what he's been showing in camp so far. But um, I think Vacko has two moves. He has a, a speed move and then a simple counter. And he went with the simple counter, which is cool. I mean that's that's better than not having any kind of counter at all. But um, I, I don't, I don't know. Like it's, it's a good showing, I guess. It was a good rep. Happy for him. Uh, and, and you know, I've been, I've been talking Fackrell down. So, you know, to anyone who's a member of Fackrell's family or something, I apologize. Um, I actually decided I wanted to look up some numbers, um, because I know, I know I've never been a huge fan of him. And again, part of that is, is how old he was when he was drafting. The other part of it is how seemingly little impact he's had when he's been on uh, the field. And so I went through, um, I recently uh, purchased Football Outsiders uh, charting stats, which which are great. Um, it's like thirty bucks for a year, so it's not it's not too bad. Um, and they kind of run through a whole bunch of stuff. So one of those they have is uh, total pressures by individual uh, for the past three years. So 
I kind of decided to decide to go there. So I went 2016, uh, Fackel's rookie year. He had a total of four and a half pressures on 160 snaps. So he was basically pressuring the quarterback uh, 2.8% of his snaps, which, which you know, isn't great. Um, it was actually higher than J. Ron Elliott that year. It was a shade under Julius Peppers. Uh, the highest packer that year was Perry at 3.32. So no one was really doing too much. Um, but, but you know, that's that's not bad. Um, but for Fackrell, that wasn't good. Uh, and he wasn't seeing the field very much. Again, 160 snaps isn't very good. And it was, it was mostly pass rushing downs. Uh, so, yeah, his rookie year, rookie year, nothing. And, again, he was a 24-year-old rookie. I think he turned 25 during the season. Um, uh, so not a good showing. Not a great showing. Uh, so I went to this year, or last year, I'm sorry, 2017. In 2017, uh, on 254 snaps, so um, about 100 more snaps than the year before, he had 19 pressures. 19 pressures, up from 4.5. That's a 7.48% pressure rate for Fackrell last year, up from 2.81. In fact, it was the highest pressure rate of any Packer last year. The highest non-Fackrell division was Nick Perry with 4.34%. Uh, Clay Matthews was at 3.58. Again, Fackrell was 7.48%. 7.4%. That's huge. That's amazing. Uh, I, and there's, I mean, there's, I kind of looked to see what guys in other teams, uh, kind of notable names, kind of where he was at in terms of how many pressures he had. Uh, and so to put a little perspective on this, uh, TJ Watt, who everyone and their mother, I think, wanted in Green Bay, uh, had 19.5 pressures last year. So uh, half a pressure more than uh, than Fackrell did. And he had 751 snaps. Fackrell did it in 254. Uh, so while, you know, he had half a percent more, Fackrell's pressure was 7.5%, whereas T.J. Watts was 2.6%. So, I mean, that's that's all great. That's awesome. That's, that's actually better than I thought it was going to be. I know we picked a, up a couple sacks last year. There's a couple times last year. I know there's one game in particular, but I'm blanking on what game it was. I was really like, oh, oh my goodness, Kyler Fackrell actually made a play. This is shocking. And um, the, the, the Fackrell truthers out there didn't like that I didn't think that he was very, very good. But... I mean that's been the, that's the fact of the matter. Like he's just not very good, and every now and then he'll show flashes. So he had a he had a game, and he had some plays where he you know get to the quarterback or he'd, he'd play a run really well. Like he had really nice run play. The fact that I can remember these off the top of my head probably isn't very good, but still, 19 pressures and 254 snaps is is, is really really good. Um, but again, I want I want to put some context on that. So the context is that. Yeah, you we'll put him up against um we'll say Nick Perry. So Nick Perry again, five hundred and fifty two snaps, uh twenty three point five pressures. Perry's not asked to was not asked to rush the passer every single time out there. Uh again, I, I would assume Perry's would be a little higher uh than that. But still it's not like Perry's out there every time is saying go get the quarterback. No, he's the the absolute best run defender. He is uh you know, he's he just he's very good at holding an edge. He's not asked to rush the passer every single time. And I feel, and Fackrell is out there as a situational pass rusher, which is fine. It seemed like he did very well at it last year, according to the numbers. But um, I, I didn't want to get too carried away with the seven and a half percent pressure rate because he's he's when he's out there, he's asked to do one thing, you know, maybe maybe one or two things. But his primary goal is getting to the quarterback when he's out there. Um, I haven't looked at the down breakdown. Uh, it's not easily available, and I haven't had time to look at it, but. Uh, I'm going to assume that most of those are third down situations, uh, maybe second and long situations, where, where you know late game situations where they know they're going to be throwing. Like, Fackrell's out there as a situational pass rusher, which again is fine, uh, but I didn't want to get too carried away on those numbers um, because while they're good, 
if you start looking at the comparisons of what the other guys were also, were also asked to do, like it's not that much. Um, where it's, you know, I don't want to say not that much. I don't want to diminish what Fackrell did. I just want to say it's not as amazing as it looks based on the numbers. Um, I also kind of want to look at uh, his snap counts throughout the year. Uh, and he stayed he stayed pretty consistent. And I swear I'm going to go somewhere with this. Um, he stayed pretty consistent throughout the year. So uh, Fackrell had, um, you know, in week one, like 12 snaps. He went 12, 19, then 41 in week three. And then from there, he was generally throughout the rest of the year, he was uh, 24, uh, kind of kind of mid-20s, mid-30s. His highest week was week 11 with 46 snaps, which put him at 62.2% of the defensive snaps. Um, he actually, his highest, his highest percentage of the year uh, was back the aforementioned Cincinnati game where he had 41 snaps, uh, and that counted for 67%. So uh, even when he's in there, like he's he's in there for half, maybe roughly over half uh, of the game. And late in the year, the Carolina game, he did less than 30%. So what these numbers would have meant is if he started out slow and his snap counts picked up over the year, uh, that would have that would have told me that the coaches saw something in him. Hey, th- when we put this guy out there, he's really getting after the passer. No, what what these numbers to me tell me is that uh, he was always seen as a situational pass rusher, and there's no reason to there's no reason to change, to change that thinking uh, ba- based on what I'm seeing. Now, the other thing to bring up that I thought was really interesting is I wanted to look at Reggie Gilbert. Now, I, I actually have not really heard Gilbert's name too much in, in training camp. But uh, but that's a guy that I've really 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 got my eye on. Uh, he looked really really good. So he came in. He's got um, through two games. He had uh, four pressures, which is pretty good. Um, his uh, his pressure rate was four point six five percent, which is in eighty six snaps, uh, which is you know super small uh, sample rate. So there's not a whole lot to be done by it. But he seemed to me like he was a guy who just he knew what he was doing. There was a there was a, a abruptness. There was a suddenness to to Gilbert. There was a an, just a motor on on Gilbert that I didn't really see to that effect in Fackrell. He's just he's a better athlete than Fackrell, I think, is really what it comes down to. He played in two games. He played in uh, week 16 and 17. He had uh, 46 snaps in week 16 and 40 snaps in week 17. And Fackrell in those games, 39 and 23. So he, even though Fackrell, his numbers actually looked decent last year as far as a pass rusher, when Gilbert was out there, Luis Gilbert out there, Fackrell got less. And that was, I mean, the season was lost. That was they lost both those games. It was uh, the sixteen nothing loss uh, to Minnesota in Green Bay, and then the thirty five to eleven loss at Detroit, which still doesn't seem real because it's it's Detroit. I mean, come on. Um, if if Gilbert was looking, I think, or if Fackrell was looking good up until that point, you see, like, all right, well, this is the guy. Uh, we're going to see what he's got. We're just going to tell him to get after the passer, or we're going to give him a lot more playing time. We give him you eighty know, percent of the snaps or something through those two games. That's not what happened at all. Uh, basically, Fackrell stayed about the same, um, you know, 30s, uh, 20s, and 30s, and Gilbert came in and got more snaps than him in both those games. Now, again, you can say, well, they're rolling dice with the younger guy. Like, yeah, that's true, but you still don't necessarily know what you have in Fackrell, um, or maybe you do, and that's why you're keeping him there. So I just want to say, um, you know, big up, big up to Kyler Fackrell for showing out and, and beating Bakhtiari in a one-on-one and getting two wins under your belt in those one-on-ones in your third camp. That's, uh, that's good. And, again, like I said earlier, man, I want Fackrell to succeed because uh, if Fackrell succeeding, that's, that, that's good for the defense. This is what the defense has missed. The defense has been missing a consistent pass rush out of anyone not named Clay Matthews and Nick Perry who are both injured all the time. So if Fackrell can turn around 
and and he, if this year can be his year and he has a breakout, maybe Gilbert has a breakout as well. Like that's, I'm happy with that. I'll stop the jokes immediately. I just I haven't seen that out of him, and just based on the numbers and based on the snaps and based on everything from last year, I don't I honestly I don't know that this uh, that this one on one means very much. I know I know guys, I don't think that this one rep in a one on one is going to pretend big things for the rest of the career of this guy who's not shown much so far. So I apologize for not blowing this out of proportion, um, but that's that's kind of where I am with Fackrell. And with that, guys, um, I don't know how I did it. Well, I, I do know how I did it. I talk a lot. I believe our 20 minutes are up. So uh, thank you so much. Um, you won't have to put up with me like this again for a while. I'll be back next week with Andy. Um, you can find me uh, at on Twitter at Dusty Evely. Uh, I also do some uh, some football breakdown gifts over at All22 Talk, Talk. So I've got both of those. Um I got some, you know, some writing coming up for the season that I'm excited about. I've got actually a couple pieces that I'm hoping to put up before the season about plays that the Packers could steal from the Rams this year that I'm pretty hyped about. And I'm also doing a, um, a podcast with Pack to the Future. That's at PTTF underscore podcast where we um, actually previewed the entire AFC last week. And we're going to be doing the NFC here in the next week or two. So pretty hyped about that. Uh, for this podcast, guys, thank you so much for listening. This has just been a tremendous experience so far. Um, you can uh, We can be found on iTunes, Google Play. Tune in, Stitcher, and you also on Cheesehead TV. Make sure to subscribe, like, and comment to wherever you listen to the podcast. It helps get more views and helps get more listens uh, for us, which is which is just huge, huge, huge. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Uh, make sure you listen tomorrow. Um, I mean, we've got you know great people every single day. Uh, tomorrow, Jacob and Ross are going to be going on, um, and they're they're just tremendous. Uh, their knowledge of the Packers and their knowledge of of just football in general is great. So that's going to be a tremendous podcast. Make sure you listen to that. Uh, Guys, thank you so much for sticking with me. Uh, I will talk to you next week. Shotgun formation of third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rodgers looks it over against the snap. Backpedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Good Adams! 30! Turns up field, 25! Cutting right to the 20! Looks it over, starts to his left. Now he moves, starts to the right side. Snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, being flushed. Rolling left, winds up. Rainbows it high and deep into the end zone. It's high point and it caught. It is caught for a touchdown. Yes! Yes! Pass left. Yes! Green Bay Packers.